glad you're here uh, for our morning Christmas Eve service and just a, a reminder that we will have another service at four o'clock that's going to be a little different than this. Uh, we're not going to take family communion. We're going to actually pass the pass the trays this morning. Uh, but if you want to have candlelight and uh, family communion, we'll be doing that uh, tonight at four and at seven. A uh, really cool day to be in church. As I came in this morning, I saw the nativity. I actually drove up yesterday as the uh, several of the deacons had built the manger out there and when I came in this morning it was just the manger and the hay there was no animals uh, not even a baby Jesus there was no one out there and I, I just just in that moment with just hay in, in, in a stable type of environment just really brought it back to me of what this season is really all about um, and, and it got me excited and, and it it got me uh, back in the wonder of it all and it's, it's such a great season uh, we're glad that you're here this morning and, and came to be a part of the story of Christmas. We, we've been in a series uh, for the month of December called no insignificant, no insignificant Story. The first week we talked about how there was no insignificant place and how though Bethlehem was dusty and little and small and it didn't even get named in the, in the cities of Judah um, earlier in the Bible that there was something significant that happened there. The, the second week, uh, Mark Worley from Dallas Christian College came and, and uh, preached a great message on no insignificant people and, and, and told us that there's no insignificant people in the kingdom of God. And, and what a challenge. I mean, even for me personally, from his message, it doesn't matter if you're a teenager because God used teenagers. It doesn't matter if you're a 20-something or 30-something or if you're an 80-something. If you think that you get to an age where you get to retire from kingdom work, well, God is going to use you. You read the passages of the Christmas story, and you see that God used all ages of people, all socioeconomic stages of people to uh, further his kingdom, to bring the message of Christ Jesus. And last week, we talked about no insignificant present, and we bring gifts to God, especially our gift of worship. There's no insignificant present, and today, uh, this really isn't going to be a sermon. It's going to be just a few minutes with you this morning, but I've entitled uh, this no insignificant peace there's no insignificant peace Luke chapter 2 uh, verses 13 and 14 and this will be on the screens for you um, it says this in the NIV it says suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests now if you know those two little verses right there you've got to know what happened before there were shepherds out in the fields watching over their flocks at night and an angel of the Lord appeared to them the glory of the Lord showed around them they were really afraid they were, they were sore afraid terrified and the angel said hey I got good news in the city of David a savior is going to be born to you and he is Christ the Lord and, and this will be a sign you'll find him wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger of all places and so they were they were excited so they they ran off well this is the verses just just beyond that and I just want to point out one thing from these verses in Luke chapter 2 it says glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests I'm, I'm reading that verse and what jumps out to me is peace 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 on earth peace the angels message to the shepherds was there's a savior who's born born to you and he's going to bring peace on those on whom his favor rests that's a hopeful greeting peace on earth You've probably heard that this Christmas season. It's, it's on the Christmas cards that we send one another. It is in the songs and the carols that we sing. Peace on earth. But frankly, I mean, I'm just being honest this morning. I, I, 
It doesn't seem like it's working that way today. It doesn't seem like we have peace in the world. In fact, it seems like, I would say, stress and turmoil are on the rise and are the bill of the day. All over the world, it seems that way. I mean, we're really under a worldwide nuclear threat all of the time now. Our country is divided on so many issues that when I grew up, I I didn't think any of these were issues. I never thought these would be issues. And yet, they are today. And there's so many people that are divided on these. I mean, I see the family unit of a husband and wife and children just being ripped and torn apart by relational struggles and selfishness, the consequences of poor choices. Some of us churn over issues we have in our life. Maybe it's issues of of health. Maybe it's issues of finances. Maybe it's just issues with relationships. But these stressors, they even keep us up at night. We're at a stressful level like no other time in our history. We are fighting poverty. We are fighting diseases. We are fighting impurity. We are fighting sin against God. We are fighting negativism and selfishness. The list goes on and on and on. Where is the peace on earth that the angels promised 2,000 years ago? I want some peace. The fact is, I think deep down inside every person I meet, they want some peace. But you see, we need to understand the peace the angels referred to is a peace treaty between God and man through the baby Jesus, through Christ Jesus. The Bible teaches us that by our disobedience and by our sinful nature, by not obeying God's commands, we have declared war on God. When we choose our own way, we are against Him. The Bible says that God hates sin. He hates it when we make those choices. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 3, it says that we are by nature enemies of God. It calls us there that we are children of wrath. Because of our sinful choices. I think sometimes it's difficult for us to to grasp the awful reality. Because we have a hard time comprehending the holiness of God and the wretchedness of our sinfulness. But the Bible tells us that God is repulsed by our sin. And we are destined for his judgment if we stay in it. And yet, when Christmas comes and Jesus comes, there's the remedy The remedy of you can have peace on earth no matter what's going on in your life because of Jesus. Because he is the way to salvation. Because he is the way to being saved from your sins. Because he is the way to have peace on earth. I wonder, uh, parents here, maybe even grandparents, have you ever been so angry at one of your children or your grandchildren about his or her disobedience that you you just wanted to beat the child? You ever been there to the point where you're just like, oh... And you're restraining yourself because you're not, you know, a child abuser. You don't want to be guilty of of anything like that. But your love for your child is so great. But when they defy you and and your basic rules, and they just seem like they're insensitive to any of that, and they are so disrespectful because they are so rebellious in their conduct, and you know that this even endangers their own future, you just get to this point where you just just want to do something, and, and you get this... This anger built up inside of you. I think that sometimes our disobedience incurs God's wrath because he loves us so much and he wants what's best for us. He gets to this point where he just can't believe that we would defy him. He can't believe we'd make that choice again. And at one point in history, God became so incensed, guess what he did? He was so incensed by the world's sinfulness that he wiped out all of the human beings on the face of the earth with a flood. 
And he started over with one righteous family. He hit the reset button and said, we're going to try to do this all over again. But you know what happened after that? Man and, and sinfulness came right back into the world. On that first Christmas 2,000 years ago, it's almost like God was declaring war back on us. But it was in a good way. It was to destroy sin. It was to destroy death. It was to bring hope. Romans 5.10 puts it this way. It says, For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. You see, when Jesus came to earth, God was providing a peaceful solution to man's rebellion. That's where the peace on earth came from. The angel proclaimed the good news. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. God was saying, instead of punishing you for your sins, I'm going to pay the price myself and release you from the penalty that you so deserve. And this peace with God is promised on all on whom his favor rests. And God's favor rests on those who trust in him, those who obey him, and those who choose to live their lives for him. Now, I have some additional good news of great joy this morning. Here's the additional good news. When we totally surrender our stubborn wills to God's sovereignty, we experience an inner peace regardless of the turmoil that surrounds us. Let me explain this to you. If you are in a situation this morning where you just feel like life is stressing you out and there's so much pain and there's so much turmoil and there's so much stress and you're like, I need peace on earth. I need this peace. When you have your relationship with God right, it's amazing what you and he can get through. I've seen God and people get through cancer. I've seen God and people get through financial stress. I've seen God and people get through relationship stress. And because of the hope we have in Jesus Christ and because of the true peace that we can feel and that we can experience in our hearts and in our minds, that's what the meaning of Christmas is. That's the additional good news is it doesn't really matter your circumstances. Look at the scripture, great scripture, Philippians chapter 4, verses 5 through 7. It starts out and it says this, the Lord is near. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about what? About anything. Anything. Well, whatever's troubling you right now, as I've mentioned these things, some things have popped into your mind. I don't know what it is, but, but things that you're anxious about have popped into your mind. Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, which situations? All of them. Oh, all of the situations. In every situation. Okay, now I'm in. Okay, so don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by what? By prayer and petition, by leaning into God, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. With thanksgiving. With a thankful heart because Jesus paid it all on the cross. And it says, and the peace of God. That's what we want, the peace of God. That transcends all understanding. Humans can't fathom how people can look these circumstances in the eye and be okay. People just can't see it. They want you to freak out. They want you to say, the sky is falling down. The sky is falling down. But no, the peace of God, which transcends all human understanding, will guard both your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It starts out here and it says what? It says the Lord is near. Emmanuel. God with us. Jesus came into the world. He isn't light years away. He is here with us. He came into this world to save us. And because of that, we don't need to be anxious about anything. And we can have true peace 
regardless of our circumstances, because if you are in Christ Jesus, he will guard your heart and he will guard your mind. And there's nothing in this world that you and God cannot get through. I was reading uh, about um, some, some Native American tribes, and they had this challenge that they did to the teenage boys. As the teenage boys wanted to go into manhood, they had to go through these rites of passage. And some of them were ceremonial, but some of them were a challenge. And when their sons were ready to transition into manhood, the teenage boys were blindfolded, and they were led into the woods at night. And they were led into the woods blindfolded, so they had no idea where they were at. They had no idea how far they were away from, from, from home, from, from their camp. And they were instructed to sit down by a tree. And these young teenage boys were told to remain there until they felt the warmth of sunrise the next morning. So literally, as soon as it's dark, they get blindfolded, they get let out in the woods, they're set at the base of the tree, and they're told, you stay here until sunrise the next morning. Now, can you imagine what that would feel like? I mean, I know some of you adults are afraid of the dark. And I know a lot of you kids are afraid of the dark. Can you imagine what that was like to be blindfolded and to be sitting there under a tree at night? All those unfamiliar sounds all night long. I mean, I just can't imagine how terrified those young men had to have been. And, and you know, your mind starts racing and, and you start envisioning a ferocious wild animal you know, coming after you. Or maybe someone's hunting in the night and it's a, it's a, it's a warrior from a, another tribe. It's a monstrous warrior from an enemy tribe is going to come stalk you and find you. I mean, how petrifying would it be to be in this dangerous forest at night blindfolded? And in the morning, when those boys felt the first warmth of sunrise, what do you think the first thing they did was? Take off the blindfold. They didn't go anywhere. They're sitting right there. They're thinking, I survived. I made it. And they take off their blindfold, and as they let their eyes adjust, and as they glanced around, those boys would find their dad, just a few feet away, sitting under a tree, with weapons at his side. See, what the boys didn't know is that the father had been there all night long. He didn't leave them. He'd been there all along, watching over them. And those young men, they didn't even know it. Don't churn over stress, turmoil, or anxiety that surrounds you? What does the song say? Sleep in heavenly peace. Sometimes I think we need to take a deep breath. And we need to let the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. And we need to remember what the angel said. Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace to men on whom his favor rests. Please pray with me. Lord God, I thank you for the opportunity we have to know the Christmas story. And God, I know there's many of us today that we, that we would say if there's just one thing that I need, if there's one thing I could have, I just want a little peace on earth. I, I want some peace in this crazy season. I want some peace in my family situations. I want some peace at work. I want some peace at my job. I want some peace... Uh, just, just to have some time in my life where I can uh, reflect. I, I want to slow down. I just need peace. And God will never have it in this world. Money won't bring it. A relationship won't bring it. Trying to fix something on human terms won't bring true peace. But the peace that surpasses all understanding, that guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, came with the baby in Bethlehem. And so God, if we are 
outside of that this morning. I pray that this Christmas, that today, Christmas Eve, would maybe be a day of salvation for us to choose Christ. God, we thank you for him. We thank you because it was truly the sacrifice of heaven that brought Jesus into this world. And because of that, we can have hope, we can have joy, and we can have peace. And we pray for that in the name of Jesus. Amen.